1: Hide your kids. kids, lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese podcast.
2: Oh, yeah. In Texas, a monkey belonging to a UT football coach's stripper girlfriend bit a child on Halloween. Hey, Texas going to Texas, y'all. Hi kids, it's your favorite cowboys and you are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is your co-host Joel Steers and Beers Cheeseman. This is Chad Robo Driver Sowash. And on this week's show, bullhorn prefers cubed over crushed, fountain wants to help hourly workers but they'd better not be a delivery driver at Walmart, and a little buy or sell, kids, let's do this. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways,
1: Text uh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive
2: efficiencies and success. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine
1: that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm,
2: nachos.
3: <laughs> Holy Jesus. What is that? What the fuck is that?
2: All right. So that that intro wasn't wasn't what I originally wanted to do. I wanted to do sort of a nice little Veterans Day homage, a thank you, and I ran it by Chad as I do most things before the weekly show, and and he squashed it. Chad, what's up with that? Why do you hate Veterans Day so much? Probably
1: went along with me squashing it because I am a veteran. I would assume that's probably the reason. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> So first off, I, I want you and all of our listeners out there to understand and take this with the love that I'm sending it. Okay, mm, just so that okay. so that you know this is all good vibes and this is this is education. So sit down, open your ears, open your heart a little bit. So when you say like "thank you for your service," mm-hmm. what's the end game there?
2: I mean, why do you say it? I mean, I think it's an acknowledgement of I appreciate what you've done and the service that you've you've made to the country. I don't think that it's It's in a negative uh, connotation.
1: I didn't say it was a negative connotation. I said, who, I mean, do you think that you were actually doing it for the veteran or yourself? Because I think most people do it for themselves and they get that hit of oxytocin for the, for, for the day. And they, they check their box and they thank their veteran on veterans day. So Here are a couple of things that I would suggest that you do instead of just saying thank you for your service. First and foremost, how about sitting down for a coffee and learning more about that person and how their military experience actually shaped them? I mean, if you care and you really want to thank them, then buy them a cup of coffee and have a chat. And, you know, it it might be an uncomfortable conversation, but it's not about you, right? It's about the individual that you're you're trying to, again, uh, say thank you to. And then number two. Do number one more than just on Veterans Day. Do it regularly. So when you came out and said, hey, I want to do the thank you for your Veterans Day thing, my head kind of dropped because it's like, look, this isn't a one-day thing. They're over there and they are there every single fucking day. So to thank them on one day, really kind of sticks in, in most veterans crawl. And okay. again, but it's good for the person who's saying it. So I just hey, I just thank them for their service. And now I've checked my box for the day. Right. So think about them more than you think about you. The oxytocin hit is awesome. I totally get that. Personally, I would rather have uncomfortable conversations, uh, around i don't know the, the the defense budget and how we mm-hmm. spend more than the next nine countries uh combined and what we can actually do to help homeless veterans or maybe i don't know give veterans health care uh as opposed to you know them going around without so okay. we should have more of those conversations as opposed to just thanking somebody checking a box and feeling good about ourselves
2: Now, when you see, obviously, obviously today, a lot of people are posting pictures of relatives that served or people they know, or even uh, loved ones like to you, do you do you draw? Do you drop your head when you see that also? Yeah, I don't think any of it's a no, no. First off, I
1: I think you do things the way that you do things, but I I, I want people to understand how it's received. Mm -hmm. And if they do really care, then they should probably do a little bit more. Um, No, I mean, they're proud of those people. My mom might post something with me in my, you know, my, my uniform or who knows, right? That's cool. You're proud Mm -hmm. and I get it. Uh, But what we always do, we're, we're such a cosmetic, we're such a surface kind of society that we need to take it deeper.
2: And if we do care, let's care for more than just a day. It's, it's sort of equated to Valentine's day, right? Like you should love your spouse or your, whatever the person you're with. Every day, not just one day a year. Is that that's sort of, I guess, a, a parallel to what you're you're advising our listeners. Would that be correct? That's that's good for a relationship, obviously. And again,
1: I'm not trying to tell anybody how to enjoy their Veterans Day, but coming from a veteran and talking to veterans at the bar. This yep. is what we talk about.
2: Fair enough. So, listeners, if you know a vet out there, buy him a coffee or even better The alcoholic beverage categories (laughs) are probably good, too. And do it on the regular. Dig in more about issues that they care about, I guess. Thank you, Chad. This is why our show rocks. (laughs) I have a few shout outs for Veterans Day. Number one is my Uncle Les. Uh, Uncle Les, uh, Les Cheeseman, passed away a few years ago. Uh, He served in World War II, fought in Okinawa. Wow. He used to tell stories about fighting uh, the Japanese in foxholes at night and never sleeping, um, which are scarier than any Halloween story uh, that Mm -hmm. I've ever heard. My uncle, Uncle Gene, uh, who lived in Seymour, just south of you, was a, a Vietnam vet. And unlike my uncle, Les, never talked about Vietnam. Um, I, I heard stories about him coming home and not being able to sleep in a bed for a year, uh, because of the experience. Um, and he actually died a few years ago as well, although much younger than my uncle, less, uh, agent orange was never proven, but certainly he was around it, had uh, COPD late in life and and passed away from that. He was also a very regular smoker. Uncle Gene was always a, a, a mountain of a man to me. I guess if you could marry the Marlboro Man with Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> that would have been my, my Uncle Gene. And lastly, uh, another podcast, which I do um, recommend regularly, uh, History This Week, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, if you listen to the mo- more recent one entitled the last battle of the First World War. Um, It talks a lot about America's involvement in World War I. Apparently, when World War I broke out, we only had about 100,000 or so troops serving, uh, which quickly escalated to 4 million troops uh, that went over to Europe uh, to fight the Axis powers. So that was sort of the beginning of our, I don't know, superpower efforts in the 20th century. So that's my first shout-out, a little veteran-inspired thank yous and shout outs to people that that i know and love i love it i love it
1: a big shout out to the sonderling family if you remember the eeoc commissioner was on the show just a couple of weeks ago keith sonderling love that guy just had his first kid little baby boy named baron so congratulations
2: <laughs> big shout out to the sonderling uh, family uh, and baron Baron, clearly named after the uh, the Trump uh, Trump kid. Oh
1: wow! Had to pull that out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go go, Gators. Shout out to ZipRecruiter and Fiverr. Uh, if you did, if you weren't paying attention, uh, both reported earnings this week. ZipRecruiter blew up, uh, reporting 107 percent growth year over year. Fiverr also blew up uh, this week, reporting a 42 percent growth year over year. Shout out to those companies in our space that are doing kind of well. Kind of not, well. too it's nice to see. not too shabby. Not too
1: shabby. Yeah, not too shabby. Congrats to our Canadian sister and brother counterparts, uh, Shelly and Serge, for completing their 100th episode of the Recruitment Flex. Rookies. Joel scoffs at anybody who's under 500, <laughs> but it's not. it's not easy committing to a podcast, and most don't even make it past 10 episodes. So it's a feat. Congrats to the recruitment flex. And here's to your next 100 episodes.
2: I'm just lucky that you make it so easy to do a podcast, Chad. <laughs> you make it so easy. Yeah. Uh, shout out to just uh, our space. Crunchbase had a story this this past week uh, reporting that since September 1st, that's September of 2021, startups in the HR tech sector sector have seen nearly 2.8 billion in venture dollars come their way. To put that in perspective, that is more than the total amount of the venture capital the industry saw all of last year when $2.2 2, 2. 2 was invested. So just a little perspective that our industry is red hot and continues to be so. And we like reporting on it too. So yes. shout out to the industry.
1: Talk about bloated. Oh my God. Bubble time. Last shout out for me. This is for our friends over at Cornerstone On Demand. Uh, I believe the new cat anus logo that they've rolled out is actually probably the best marketing campaign they've had in history, probably more attention than they ever seen. But on the heels of the new colors and logo rollout, they've rolled out a new product called Explore. Did you hear about this thing? Oh, tell me more. Okay. So I've actually received rumors internally that that very tech explorer just announced that they won't be able to actually demo or sell it for another three to five months.
4: Oh, hell no.
1: (laughs) On the heels of going from public to private, getting a new cat anus logo. Now they have new tech that's not going to be ready. It's. It's, it's released with a press release, but not ready for three to five months.
2: Well, no shit. All right. I got a couple of big tech shout outs here that I'm going to combine. Number one is shout out to Snapchat. Uh, the company has inched ahead of TikTok as the preferred platform for U.S. teens. Per a recent Piper Sandler survey, Instagram is now preferred by 22% of teens compared to 25% of last year. So they're dropping uh, Twitter and Facebook come in at a distant fourth and fifth with just 2% of teens favoring those platform. And that rolls me into Twitter blue. Oh God. haven't heard of Twitter blue kids. You can pay Twitter a little bit of money for some big time features. Let me tell you more. The Twitter blue subscription service has been expanded to New Zealand and the U S following its introduction in Australia and Canada earlier this year. Individuals who pay the $2 and 99 cent charge each month can read some ad-free articles, sort, save tweets, view long threads in a more reader-friendly environment, and edit content before posting. Who's ready to spend that $2.99 per month for Twitter Blue? You've got to spend money
1: for a better user experience. That is the worst business model I think I've ever fucking heard.
2: (laughs) And speaking of great user experience, Chad, have you heard about free stuff on Chad and Cheese? I, I have not. Tell me. Well, I'll tell you more. You can get free shit from us. We're talking T-shirts from uh, from emissary. We're talking beer from our new sponsor, Pillar, and uh, we're talking bourbon from our buddies at Sovereign. Uh, and also, shout out to Ross Granger at Paradox for being this month's bourbon winner. Ooh. The Zoom call is soon to be scheduled. We're still we're still waiting to hear back from our beer drop winner who I won't name if they'd never respond. Uh, so we'll give them another, another 24 hours or so. Otherwise we're going to another beer drinker. <laughs> All right. Now let's run into uh, our fantasy football update, Chad. Everyone loves a good leaderboard. Yeah. And this one's sponsored by Poach.ai. AI uh, from top to bottom. Here we go with this week's football fantasy leaderboard. The wonderful miss Q finally makes it to the top spot after teasing that spot for a few weeks. Jason Bateman Putnam comes in second. Your boy Cheese, that'd be me, everybody, uh, comes in third, followed by Benjamin Franklin Kuntz, Chris Nipsey Russell, Christy Man on the Moon, Michael McDonald Cox, Pistol Pete Suchi, Bill I'm Not Even Supposed to Be Here Today, Fanning, <laughs> and last but not least in our yes! hearts, Chad. is last (laughs) from first to worst (laughs) from first to worst baby it's a marathon chad it's a marathon and with that (laughs) let's get into some birthdays shall we Yes, celebrating a birthday this week fans of the show jamie carney victoria conley and someone near and dear to your heart chad and i know she's a big fan of the show kennedy cook celebrates a birthday i hope i hope you got her something (laughs) <laughs> she's she's enjoying life in Budapest. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. She's all good. She's all good.
3: Topics.
2: All right, Bullhorn, provider of software for staffing firms, acquired Cube19, a London-based provider of analytics and reporting software to staffing firms using Bullhorn. This is Bullhorn's 14th acquisition since its founding in the 1999. You remember 1999, don't you, Chad? Prince. Bullhorn noted Cube 19 has been a longtime partner in its Bullhorn marketplace. Cube 19 currently employs around 40 people, and members of Cube 19's executive team will join the Bullhorn leadership team. Terms of the transaction were not announced. Bummer. Founded in 2011, Cube 19 has raised around $5 million, according to Crunchbase. Chad, what do you make of this move by our friends at Bullhorn? Can you say wallet share? Um, (laughs) Bullhorn is
1: primarily a platform for staffing companies. So companies like Cube19 are an easy add-on for staffing firms who need to be more efficient. Remember, for talent acquisition, recruiting is a job, but for staffing companies, it's a business, meaning they need a better way to focus on efficiencies Identify the best sources of hire and, and much more to drive better margins. So, uh, this is an easy win for Bullhorn, which would add nearly a hundred thousand dollars of ARR per one hundred recruiters at the Cube Enterprise level. Also, Cube19 is deeply integrated into Bullhorn, meaning Bullhorn can see just about everything that's going on from a
2: revenue standpoint. It's a great marketplace play, I believe. Chad, did I mention that Bullhorn's been around since 1999? A you great did. year. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Bullhorn is an apex predator when it comes to staffing software, and they claim to have more than 10,000 companies on their platform and employ 1,200 people. Now, I like to bang on Bullhorn for charging thousands for vendors to join their marketplace, which they have every right to do, of course. But I want to note that Cube19 was prominent in their marketplace, as they mentioned in their press release. Marketplaces, as we know, Chad, basically serve as incubators for companies who have features that platforms should add. So I only wonder, Bullhorn, how many more Cube19s are there that you could acquire If only they didn't choose a different platform to build on instead of yours. Answer, maybe a lot. Free the marketplace, Bullhorn. Free the marketplace. I say keep charging. (laughs) <laughs> I think this is this is actually a great gu-
1: guide for startups. Look at Cube 19. Cube 19 was incredibly disciplined and stayed focused on the staffing industry and their relationship with One of the biggest staffing platforms in the industry. They only took 5.2 million in funding, which means they weren't out of Bullhorn's reach for acquisition. Unicorn cash isn't always the answer, kids. I think it's one of the things that we should be looking at when we see these acquisitions happen. We should be able to take a look at, okay, so how did this happen? There's a recipe that we've seen week after week after week. And I think these guys nailed it.
2: Yes. If you're a startup and want to get acquired, find a marketplace where there's no compet or little competition, they don't have a, a native solution. And in Chad's case, put your eggs in that basket and uh, do it really well. And good things can happen to you without getting hundreds of millions of dollars in funding. Let's move on to Fountain, Chad. Oh, Uh, you're doing a webinar with them soon, aren't you? This week. Yeah, I'm doing it with Madeline. She'll carry me like she always does. Yeah, she's a good kid. All right. San Francisco based Fountain, a hiring platform for hourly workers, has raised 85 million in Series C. Bringing its total to almost 119 million, that according to Crunchbase, the world of hourly workers has never been a more challenging environment like the one we are in now, says Fountain CEO Sean Baer. That's what he told TechCrunch. And he also added there was some hope amongst our prospective and current customers that once COVID 19 was over, whenever that was, that hiring would just become easy again. That is completely wrong, end quote. Working with over (laughs) 250 customers like Chipotle and LiveOps, Fountain has processed more than 16 million applicants in the past 12 months and helped customers hire more than 2 million so far in 2021. Chad, are you ready to jump into this Fountain?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest underserved segment in the U.S. right now. And obviously it's hot, right? So this is from the TechCrunch article. Quote, Fountain's technology whittles down the median days to hire to 8.7 from the industry average of 36 days, end quote. So 36 days is and was always ridiculous. The question is can Fountain move from nearly nine days to hire to I need someone tomorrow? That's where we're getting to, and we're getting we're getting there very fast. So Fountain currently for most clients. They have a shared database, meaning they pretty much own the candidates themselves, which is you know incredibly important if you want to move to a more nimble model like a gig platform. Hint, hint. So this means embracing gig 1099s and FTEs. They'll have to grow. They have a shit ton of cash. So uh, th- there's a good opportunity there because this segment, obviously, is not primarily FTEs. You're going to be looking for giggers as well. You need one platform that covers them both.
2: Yep. To me, there's a little bit of a battle brewing. In one corner, you have the gig economy, and a lot of businesses are wondering if they'd be better off just contracting workers uh, when they need them. And I like that Fountain sees this threat and is sort of building, I guess, a hybrid model. Andrew Zlato, director at SoftBank Investment Advisors, told TechCrunch in the story, quote, sourcing and hiring hourly workers have been transformed by the rise of the gig economy, which has shortened the process of hiring and onboarding from weeks to a few days. Fountain has built on an essential toolkit for companies to keep up with and compete with this new hiring environment by simplifying, optimizing, and automating the candidate journey to decrease time to hire. We believe the company's partnerships with large employers like Chipotle is a stamp of credibility of their for their innovative platform and ability to execute. Surely there will be some that prefer gigs, some that prefer the full time or part time traditional workforce, and there'll be companies like Fountain that sort of balance both of those worlds. Right, um, and I really like I like what they're doing, and clearly a Series C going from I don't know they raised roughly ten to twenty before the eighty five million dollar round. Clearly they're doing something right, and one to keep keep your eye on. And check out that webinar with Chad. There's probably more Fountain goodness. If you attend that
1: fountain goodness research that uh, aptitude research performed around high volume hiring, we're going to be talking about that. I think there's no question this market is is being disrupted and it's not just being disrupted by technology, it's being disrupted by need. And that will, that will actually push these, these platforms very quickly. The question I have, though, is within these organizations, you have your full-time staff, and then you have your giggers, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also have corporate. So how many different platforms are you going to have to sew together to make this happen? When will or will there be platforms that can do all of this? And, and I'm wondering if Fountain's looking at being able to provide.
2: Let's take a quick break. Let that big brain of yours take a break here and we'll come back for a little buy or sell.
5: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with PandoIQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent, build great teams, and take care of your humans. PandoIQ will do the rest so you can get back to doing what the computers can't.
1: For more information on Pando IQ, go to Pandologic.com. That's Pandologic.com.
3: Holy Jesus. What is that? What the fuck is that?
2: Is that a jelly donut? (laughs) Oh, what a great movie. Yes. Just the first half of it is just amazing. All right, let's go to... uh, well. Our listeners, if you don't know how this works, we take three startups that have gotten money uh, this week. Some are not startups, as you'll see, but they've gotten money recently. Uh, we do a little summary, and chat. or I either buy or sell the company. First on the list, we have Hirewell, a Chicago-based staffing firm, uh, announced a $21 million strategic investment by technology firm Pryek. As part of the deal, Hirewell will acquire ICV, a Tel Aviv-Israel-based software company. ICV Software scans public data records to build candidate funnels. It was founded in 2017 by Guy Bender, Ron, Ran Weiss, and Ron Starensky, former captains in the Israel Defense Forces. A little bit of Veterans Day focus there. Yeah. Uh, Hirewell is focused on providing staffing in the IT sales, HR marketing, finance, accounting, and real estate segments. In the first 10 months of 2021, Hirewell says they've helped over 300 companies hire over 1,700 employees. Founded in 2001, 2001, Hirewell employs 86 people according to LinkedIn a 120% increase in headcount from just last year. Chad, buy or sell, hire well. You know,
1: what we're talking about here is a, an old-time recruiting firm that is now starting to to tech up. So will it automate? Yes. Will it scale? Yes. Do they have experience in this space? 2001. Yes, they (laughs) fucking do. So for smaller recruitment firms to survive, they will need to build the standardized tech stack. And in this case, they want to be more efficient with recruiters time by adding tech that will speed up getting qualified candidates in front of clients faster with less of the recruiter's time spent on sourcing. The recruiter then can spend more time with the human part of the recruiting process and give a better white glove service to the candidate and also the client. So if performed correctly, candidates will get into seats faster. More recs can be taken on because of less time spent on filling each rec. but... Let's just hope Hirewell doesn't use this tech as an excuse to double the number of recs recruiters handle at one time. All agencies, all agencies should be doing this. So this one to me is an easy buy.
2: Oh, gee, a Midwest staffing firm that's been around for 20 years and just raised money. How boring can you get? Well, boring unless you think longevity and profit are boring. Uh, (laughs) And they've apparently just found technology, uh, so maybe real growth is just around the corner. Uh, This is a sleepy buy for me, but a buy nonetheless. Thank you for doing such a lengthy uh, introspection of this company because my mine was pretty short. All right, let's get to Mogul. Diversity Recruitment Solution Mogul raised an undisclosed sum undisclosed. Yeah, that's bullshit. In this latest funding round to expand its global <laughs> presence and innovate products for talent acquisition, the investment came from SoftBank, which is the which is mogul's largest investor to date. SoftBank joins Hearst Corporation. Get a load of this list, chat. Gary Vaynerchuk, Will Bunker, co-founder of match.com, Michael mm-hmm. Wolfson, co-founder of theknot.com, Julian Brodsky, co-founder of Comcast, a little company most people have heard of. And others who are backing the company. Founded in 2014 and based in the US, they have a headquarters in New York. Mogul gives its clients access to 400 million diverse candidates across 195 countries. The site currently lists more than 920,000 jobs. Through its online community site, candidates can connect with each other and with employers. Mogul also provides executive search services, they employ just over 100 people. Holy shit! You're buying this one, right, Chad? Okay, so let me set the tone with this quote from the article.
1: Patent pending software filters. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sexy if it was in 1999. Uh, I read the story and I cringed when Will Bunker, the founder of Match.com, called it Match.com for top employers and candidates. That's the death knell for any company in our space. I mean, what happened to eHarmonies for jobs? it's dead. And what about all those Tinder apps? They're pretty much all dead or or on their way to dead. Then I went to the site and dude, oh fuck. I really want these platforms to kick ass and take names. They have a hell of a database, but employers are not going to be comfortable going to a quote unquote hiring site that looks like a hookup platform. They've got all the numbers, all the big jazzy names. They have no experience in this space. It's not going to scale. It's not going to automate easily. It's a sell for me.
2: <laughs> oh, Chad, if only all that stuff mattered. Uh, listeners, <laughs> Listeners, no diversity solutions are red hot right now. And that time I said that it just got hotter. As more companies actually budget for this stuff, the mogul model looks like it's a pretty comfortable position. For people to to to, to buy. Uh, and I love that they have a focus on executives. Uh, let's stop the swapping spit and hiring external and start hiring externally. Yeah, I just think it's it's a big wave and as long as they have a pulse and a website that works, they're gonna make money. <laughs> buy from me, man. Let's get to seasoned. I'm getting hungry. Seasoned, Seasoned. Seasoned announced an $18.7 million funding round for its talent platform for hiring restaurant workers. It brings total funding to more than $30 million raised since the company was founded just a year ago. The company reported it has connected with more than 300 national and local restaurant brands and is being used by more than 250,000 restaurant workers. There are two sides to the app, one, a free community for industry employees to review openings, schedule interviews, and connect with peers, while a subscription-based hiring tool for restaurant managers works to lower onboarding costs and accelerate the timing between application and hire to within three hours. So, Chad, are you ready to get a little flavor was seasoned.
1: All about the flavor. Will it automate? Yeah. Will it scale? Yeah, I think so. Does it have, ex- do they have experience? Well, their CEO, you're going to love this, Joel. Mm-hmm. Their CEO is an ex VP over at the ladders. He was at the ladders for six years. Uh, He spent a little time at Yelp. He was smart enough to leave. Yeah, he was smart enough to leave. He spent a little time at Yelp. So between that that, uh, experience that he had at the ladders, he found out what he shouldn't fucking do at Yelp, hopefully being able to better understand the industry, much like Fountain. Seasoned is in a hot sector that needs help quickly. Unlike Fountain, this is an app based platform that boasts a community aspect as well. I believe Fountain should take uh, some of that $85 million and start looking to acquire something like
2: Seasoned. I buy it. I kept thinking it was a potential buy for job case. Maybe that's just me. Oh, could be. Remember back in the summer when over 4 million people quit their job, Chad? I do well well restaurants saw the highest level of quitting among restaurants and hospitality about eight hundred and ninety two thousand workers threw in the towel leading to a six point seven percent quit rate that month I've mentioned my local BW3's was recently closed during lunch because of a lack of workers I don't necessarily think seasoned is lightning is lighting the world on fire but I think so many restaurants need people right now they're in so much freaking pain that uh they're just going to write blank checks to seasoned and anyone that they think can get them employees. So for me, another great wave to be on. Bye bye bye. Did you just buy all those? I bought all of them, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm in a I'm in a very nice good mood today, I guess. All right, let's get to uh, a, a huge, gigantic corporation uh, that hasn't gotten money in a long time, uh, Walmart. Walmart and Silicon Valley-based Gattic, a company that specializes in autonomous trucking, are operating two autonomous delivery trucks in Arkansas without a backup safety driver. Yes, Chad, I said without a safety backup driver. The two Gaddick box trucks are shuttling goods for 12 hours a day along a seven-mile loop between a Walmart fulfillment center and a Walmart neighborhood market. It's the first time a self-driving truck has removed a safety driver from a commercial delivery route between a warehouse and a store. The program began last December after approval from the Arkansas State Highway Commission. The backup driver was removed from the route in August. GATIC, which specializes in B2B short-haul logistics, claims a 100% safety record across its operations in Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana, and Ontario, Canada. Walmart also aims to begin AV deliveries along a 20-mile route between New Orleans and Materia, Louisiana, in early 2022. So, Chad, I guess I should uh, scrap that career in trucking at this point.
1: Probably a good idea. And this is only the beginning, kids. Uh, New York Times article said the biggest kink in America's supply chain is not enough truckers. The unemployment rate in Arkansas, which is where the story is happening, is 4%. The Bureau of Transportation in 2019, as we start to say, uh, well, you know, do we trust these robots driving? I don't know that we can trust humans driving, for God's sakes. In 2019, there were 6.7 million car accidents, 2.7 million uh, injuries, 36,000 deaths. Oh,
4: hell no.
1: Instead of pointing our finger at AI and blaming it or these robot trucks, um, they might actually
2: be the answer to having a more safe environment around us. So trucking uh, and hiring truckers is a shitty business. Uh, we've detailed some of that shittiness over the years. Uh, I've mentioned my brother-in-law who is in trucking and we have this driverless argument all the time. Oh, do you? He thinks there's no way it's going to happen. Really? Did you send him this? But stories like this tell me, yeah, it is. Uh <laughs> No, I have not sent him this. He's not really, <laughs> he's not really a throw him a link and read an article kind of guy. But oh, okay. that's a different. That's a gotcha. that's a different problem. Truckers don't get Facetime uh, with customers, so it's easier to automate them than it is, say, a cashier. Um, all the data says they're safer, like you mentioned, uh, than humans, and the cost savings and headache relief from hiring and managing truckers. Uh, say the future of self-driving trucks can't get here soon enough for businesses. Sorry, BJ and the bear uh, '70s reference there. Time for a new career. Self-driving trucks are going to happen uh, probably quicker than we think, and the amount of the impact this is going to have on all kinds of industries Mm -hmm. is is insane. Uh, Indeed, alone has around 500 thousand trucking jobs on its website um, mm-hmm. schools that rely on accrediting drivers people who make trucks i mean it's it's going to it's going to impact so many so many people and businesses uh, and it's going to happen really fast i think agreed and we'll talk about it on the show
1: yeah well and you take a look at the supply chain issues that we're having right now this
2: is just going to move it to warp speed yep and then you get that final mile shit things rolling up to your house robots dropping shit off like it's 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 happening people it's happening all right well you know that final story that we talk about chad i'm going to leave everyone in stitches i'm not going to say what it is you'll just have to wait till after we pay a little bills
3: are you struggling to attract the talent you need today do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going And wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
1: I've got I've got to inject something really quick. I just received this from from Boss in the Netherlands. Apparently, an Austrian brothel is offering Mm -hmm. free sessions to customers getting a COVID jab
2: i'm sorry a session for just getting a shot the risk reward on that is pretty imbalanced i gotta say i gotta say i gotta say only in europe okay love it okay chad you remember nancy reagan's just say no campaign
1: unfortunately yes
2: yeah well ronnie and uh in particular nixon who sort of started the war on drugs may be rolling around in their graves this week reported by forbes marijuana moment What a my favorite publications revealed last week, a draft bill called States Reform Act uh, is being led by Republican Nancy Mace, a Republican from South Carolina, which would federally reschedule marijuana and create a regulatory blueprint, i.e. make it legal. The draft legislation would federally reschedule marijuana from the list of controlled substances, and it would impose a 3.75% excise tax on cannabis sales as marijuana would be treated similarly to alcohol. The treasury department's alcohol and tobacco tax and trade bureau known as the TTB, Chad would be the chief regulator for this market. Chad, this is not your daddy's GOP. What the fuck is going on? (laughs) Well, it's about goddamn time. Uh, If you think about legalizing,
1: Marijuana. Let's talk about, again, the the issues that we're having, finding people to actually do jobs. And let's also talk about, you know, I don't know, maybe taxes. So if we leak, if we decriminalized, we legalized and decriminalized. Imagine all the individuals who are sitting in jail today. Who can actually get out and start doing a job and start earning a living for their families? Number one, right. Uh, number two, California shattered marijuana tax revenue records in the last fiscal year. State reports collected 817 million in adult use marijuana tax revenue during 2020. 2020- and 2021 fiscal year. In January of 2021, marijuana sales continued to skyrocket in Colorado, reaching 187.5 million. And the state of Nevada sold more than 1 billion in marijuana in 2021. What does that all mean? That means new jobs. So we start talking about a couple of ways that this could actually impact, directly impact the U.S., it could do it in jobs and it could do it with individuals who shouldn't be in prison in the first place. They could get out. They could actually get good jobs and they could be productive citizens. So you're saying
2: profits over politics, basically.
1: I'm saying the only thing that moves <laughs> this country is profits.
2: Cash money, baby. Um, yeah, all these truck drivers are going to need a job and maybe weed will be there to fill fill the <laughs> void, which is good news. You know, one of the one of the cool things about America Is we have this like we have 50 laboratories where shit can be tested. And if it works out, the federal government can come in and say, like, okay, let's just make this federally uh, acceptable or legal or whatever. And I'm forgetting exactly when Colorado was sort of the first state. To legalize recreational marijuana, and I remember at the time, everybody's like, "The state's going to go to hell. The world is ending. Uh, there's going to be crime increases. Kids are going to be addicted. Yada yada yada. Right? More more uh, serious drugs are going to be abused as a result. And yeah. none of that shit happened, as far as no. I know. Uh, no. And so, so more and more states adopt it. Uh, this was bound to happen. I'm I'm gobsmacked that this has happened in my lifetime. Uh, when I say as a kid in the eighties and early seventies or seventies as a young kid, like drugs are bad, just say, no, they're a gateway to all things, horrible mm-hmm. documentaries and PSAs that I had to go through. This is just 30, 40 years ago and it's now going to be legal and my kids are going to be 18 plus and it's going to be acceptable and legal and accessible. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. It's just hard to believe in my lifetime. Uh, my dad, who's 82, shits when he hears about this stuff because he's more more old school even than I am. But anyway, yeah, money, 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 people out of jail, uh, people being able to manage pain better, glaucoma, yeah. uh, cancer patients. By the way, uh, if you haven't seen Dope Sick off on uh, Hulu, um, it's, a, uh, it's a great Michael show to binge. Yeah, Michael Keaton, one of the more underrated actors in my lifetime. And if you haven't seen Mr. Mom. Uh you it to yourself to do that. And Gung Ho was very predictive of the world the world today. And as I'm talking, I'm really getting the munchies and I'm realizing that it's time for lunch. So, Chad, that's all I've got on Weed. And as far as I'm concerned, in regards to this show, I'm gonna play one more soundbite from Full Metal Jacket.
1: Well, no shit.
2: And say we out. We out.
4: Thank you for listening to what's it called? Podcast.